Good presence, Lord. Sweet presence. All right, so we've been talking about uh, mysteries revealed, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, you know, we spent time with just, just trying to clear up some of the confusion or take some of the spook out of the whole process of embracing the Holy Spirit being, uh, you know, so we talked about the indwelling of the Spirit, uh, you know, that takes place at the new birth. And uh, we went through the different scriptures, how the Holy Spirit regenerates us, uh, regenerates our spirit, man. So we talked about the indwelling, but some, sometimes we've come to the altar and all we've experienced is we have the indwelling of the Spirit in us. And that's, that's a power available. When you have that indwelling, that's power available. And God just didn't give you, you know, power available. I, I always get a testimony when I was in college. I had bought this 200-watt Toshiba music system. And uh, I used to keep it on 10, have my headphones on. That's how I used to go to sleep. And the guy's like, what are you doing? You got that thing on 10? I said, well, it was 10 numbers on there. I just wanted the full power. I said, if it was only supposed to go to three, there would only be three numbers on there. So they made 10 for me. Well... God has given us power not just to be uh, available, but he wants us to be full of that power. So we talked about the infilling, and that's uh, powerful or power ready. So you got, you know, you have the power available, which is the indwelling. The infilling is the powerful or power ready. But then there's, uh, we talked about the outpouring, and, and, and we talked about power flow. Your cup is running over. A power flow that 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 power that that you're full of uh, flowing out. And, and we and we walk through Jesus's life. How you know when the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove, and he had power available in uh, uh, Matthew chapter three, I believe it's verse seventeen. And then we talked about how in Luke chapter four, verse one, it says Jesus was full of power. And went into the and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Then he was tested. He was broken. He was chastised. He went through. Look, it's amazing how you we have fast week, and some of y'all can attest to this. You notice how at the end of fast week stuff be happening, like you know, like you under attack. You know, well Jesus went through a forty day fast, and he was he 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 was attacked, but he was tested so he could know what was in him, right? And so it said that he was full of power, went into the wilderness, went through the test. But after the test, it said it, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Luke 4, 14, right? So, so, so now he got power flow, right? So he went, he was, he was in, endued or, or indwelled with the power, right? In Matthew 3, 17, right? But then he was full of that power, right? That he had, he was, the power was available, but then he came out in the power power flow power flowing out of them so we talked about that we're not going to spend a whole lot of time with that but it seems that God was saying that like uh we went through the scriptures where they talked to the disciples says have you been uh filled with the Holy Ghost since you believed so they believed they believed in Jesus they was so that so the Holy Spirit had to come in them and dwell them it says no man could even confess Jesus unless the Holy Spirit's in them Right. So so he said and they said, well, we we baptize us that we baptized with the Holy Spirit, submerged in the Holy Spirit. Like we baptized in John's baptism. This is Acts chapter 19. He says, oh, no, 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 no. There, there's a there's another baptism you need to go through. You you know, cause remember, Jesus said in John chapter three, this is review. John chapter three says you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, can I go back into my mother's womb? 
John chapter three, uh, uh, three through six. He said, he said, no, no. He said, you must be born of water, just birthed out of your mother's womb naturally, but and born of the spirit. So you were submerged in water to enter into the earth realm. You got to be submerged in the spirit to enter into the kingdom realm, right? Right, submerged, right? He said, so, so, so again, he was talking about there's an indwelling, but there's also an infilling, right? That's going to facilitate the outpouring, right? There's a, there's a power flow life. There, there, there's, a, there's a power available life. There's a powerful life, but there's a power flow life, right? And, and God wants us to have all of that power. So, like, how do you know when you're full, though? Yeah, as people say, how do you know you're full? Let's go to Acts chapter Acts chapter 2, if you grace me to just flow and, and, you know, write down some of these scriptures, search the scriptures to see if it's so for yourself. But Acts chapter 2, it says, and when the day of Pentecost, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, uh, they were all on one accord, one place. Something about being in agreement in the spirit of God. Something about being in agreement. Two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst is what the scripture says in Matthews. In verse 2, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And said, And there appeared unto them, look, cloving tongues as of fire, and set upon each of them. Right? As holy, that's that outpouring showing up in the room. And it says, And they were all, look, filled with the Holy Ghost. And how did they know they were filled? And it says, And began to speak with other tongues. Oh, yeah, speaking tongues. Somebody told me that, that that was of the devil, right? But we already know. We, are, we done been in the world. We ain't seen nobody speaking in tongues, so we know that ain't true. But, but it's still something that's hard to wrap around your natural mind to. So sometimes it's hard. Like we run from things that we can't control with our mind. It's hard for us to float, right? Like, well, to this day, transparently, I still don't swim. Because of swim. Because of my first experience. At camp, they put me in the water, and they said float. When, when, they, when I laid on top of that water, I was trying, I'm trying to grab for something to hold on to, and I, I'm falling in the water. I'm fighting. It's like, come on, this, this took me out the pool, and you know, it's a traumatic experience for a young fella. I was like, I ain't going now. And I said, my wife would tell you, I love water. I love going around the water. I've been out in the middle of the ocean on a uh, what's the jet ski. Uh, I, I was just trying to do stuff where I wasn't in control that day. I ain't tell her. I just did it. You know, I was like, I, I, I'm on the ocean. I said, this is my first time on the ocean. I said, I'm going to follow and do what they do. You know, because I had never been on a jet ski. You know, so then I got out there and I was going slow at first, you know, like just coasting out there. Then I said, you know, because I love water. I was like, Lord, I'm out here in the middle of the ocean with you. So then I got, I got, <laughs> babe, let me, how you going to be telling the story? So then I, I got confident first. And so they had this uh, buoy way out. I was like 500 miles. I don't know how 500 feet or whatever. It was way out. I was like, well, I'm going to go out there. And so I, now I'm rolling, you know, bouncing off the water. You know, I was, just, I was just rolling, right? But I got out there and I deal with what's called depth perception. Perfect. I see 20-20 out of this eye. This one, I can't see nothing if I close it, right? And so it affects my depth perception. You know, this is a wonder. I was a pretty good basketball I am I was a pretty good basketball player so I got out there I turned around I couldn't see the uh, uh, wherever the raft was that you're supposed to go back to I couldn't see nothing but water I said uh oh I don't know where I'm at 
I had no sense of direction, north, west, east, or south. I said, now, the story's going to be a uh, uh, young minister gets lost out in the sea on a jet ski. <laughs> you know, I said, well, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to just go in the direction you lead me. For real. Now, I could have been just going further out in the sea. Uh, I got, obviously, I'm here. I got back. <laughs> right. But but I said that to say uh, uh, the jet ski was holding me up. It wasn't me. You know, and, and I had never done that before because I don't, um, I haven't learned to float. Uh, we, we took some swimming lessons last year. My struggle still was floating. Now she's like, let go, relax your stomach. Now, exercise, come on. Like, I can't, you know, I'm used to holding my stomach in, right? Like, so I was like, y'all just messing up my whole groove right now. You know, like, I, I, I don't even know how to do it, you know. So sometimes that's how it is when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're so used to being in control, holding stuff in, it's hard to just let, let go, right? It's hard to just flow. But this, this uh, uh, unknown tongue thing here, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. You know, because you have the gift of, of tongues and you have the unknown tongue. Gift of tongues is prophecy. Un unknown tongues is speaking in your heavenly language, as we were talking about with uh, Tatum and those other people. Uh, the, the, the young kids, you know, a lot of times they just came from heaven. So you hear them talking and they're communicating something, but you don't understand. But they're communicating the language that they're used to because they just came from heaven. Right. We teach them to learn English. Right. But look here, it says First uh, Corinthians 14, 2, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him how, how in a beard, how Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Underline, circle, highlight, however you do it in your Bible or write down in your notes. He speaketh mysteries. Right? So we're gonna we're gonna uh, spend some time. That's why it's called mysteries revealed, right? And so it says he's speaking unto God, but not unto men. So some people say, Well, I heard the person in church talking. I heard him. Yeah, but they were talking to God. Now if they come up here behind this pulpit and they start talking, they're trying to edify you. But the scripture says here, uh, is, it, is, it, is it the next verse? It's, okay, verse 3, it says, But he that prophesies, that's speaking in the gift of tongues with an interpretation. He that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So if I step back here and start speaking this sermon in tongues, there has to be an interpreter so you can be edified or built up or comforted or encouraged, right? So it's two different types. See, verse 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. Prophesieth is, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, it's the gift of tongues and interpretation together is a prophecy. All right? So that's, the, so that's why, you know, I, I'm going to let y'all, on your own time, just read through 1 Corinthians 14 and it breaks down the difference. Two different things. One is, is, uh, is me speaking to God in my heavenly language, right? Because I'm filled with the Spirit, right? And, and we're going to explain what's being communicated out of my mouth here in a few minutes. Then one is edifying the church. The gift falls on me as the Spirit wills. Because God wants to speak something that, that I wouldn't be able to articulate myself if I tried. It's coming from God himself. He, he, I'm almost neutralized. He takes over this body, speaks in an unknown tongue and then gives the interpretation either to me or somebody else. My wife may come up and go, 
and start speaking what God was saying based on those that prophecy of tongues. Does that make sense? All right, so so uh, uh, work with me here. So when you pray in tongues, the Spirit speaks directly to God, right? Prayer is an exchange of communication. It's a, a communication change. It's a, a communication exchange. But listen, listen. It said, "How being in the Spirit, we speak mysteries." So what's happening is in this communication exchange, there's supernatural problems solved and mysteries revealed or made clear. Because our life sometimes is a mystery. Now, interesting thing, interesting thing about this is 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 13, 12, it says, now you're looking through a, a glass darkly, but then face to face. So, so like you're looking in life as looking in a mirror. You ever get out of a shower, you look in the mirror and it's kind of fogged up, even though you're trying to see your face. When the mirror clears, you see what? Face to face. So when it says now we're looking in the glass darkly. So whether we're young or old, sometimes it's like, I just don't, I don't know. It's so uncertain. How is this going to work out? What's going to happen in my junior year, my senior year? What's going to happen in college? What's going what's to be the next move on my job? What am I purposed here for? What, like something's pulling on me. Why am I going through this? What this is saying is these mysteries start getting clearer and clearer. See, uh, that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, now when you're looking for, we, we can go there real quick. We can come back. It's, it's just the na- next, um, 1 Corinthians 13. It's just the next chapter over. Before he got to start talking about tongues and interpretation and speaking mysteries, before that, he was breaking down love. And he was saying, listen, I speak in tongues and men, whether speaking tongues and men and angels, I'd rather walk in love. He was saying love, we, everything has to be greater than love. It has to be about people not just about look I speak in tongues right and and then he then he went into saying when I was a child spake as a child thought as a child and when I became a man I put off child's things in verse 11 then verse 12 if, if you read here verse 12 it says for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face right we're not the picture's not clear yet it says now I know in part I don't know the whole picture for my life yet even though sometimes I'm prideful and arrogant to act like I know stuff I really I'm not fully clear, right? This is uh, this is now a known part. But then I shall know, even as I am known, in the Amplified version that says, as I'm known by God. So it says now things look, as, as I get closer and closer to God, things get clearer and clearer. Second uh, Corinthians three three uh, eighteen it says, uh, uh, when we when we get into this word and we get in, in with God, it says we're, we're holding ourselves in the mirror and we're changed into His image. From glory to glory. So there's a level of glory we have, but as, as God wants us to evolve into wearing his glory, his full power. We're going to get into that. So he doesn't want us to just have, you know, the glory of the world, which is limited, and it can only draw people to us. He wants us to have the glory of God, which will draw people to him. Right? You have, you have me so far? That's, that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. All right? And so, so, so... Mysteries get revealed. Things start getting clearer and clearer the more we start operating in this, infilling this power. The Holy Spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. He's communicating with God from your vessel, right? God is talking through the Holy, Ve- Holy Spirit to your vessel. So again, he's praying through your vessel, magnifying God, and he's communicating with God. Communication is an exchange. Just like if you pray to God, you're talking to God, but I hope you're listening because God's talking to you. Like prayer can't just be, I go make requests or I go talk and then I leave. 
It has to be some quiet time, right? Some silence where you're listening to God. Like, like why go talk to somebody and then walk away? Like, you're going to ask for, for answers or solutions, and you go, oh, I need to understand this, I don't understand that, why is this happening, this, that, and the other, and then you leave. <laughs> and then you go, I have to pray to God all the time. I ain't getting no answers. Did you stay and wait for the answer? Right? Uh, uh, Jamal said, you don't pray, you say to God. Right? But prayer is an exchange. So even when the Holy Spirit, who knows how to pray better than us, he's having an exchange. And the good thing about his exchange is he's speaking what you can't articulate. You know how sometimes you just don't know what to say or what to pray. Like you, especially if you're in the situation. Like if you're in the situation, it's weighing on you so much, you're like, but that's not what I meant. Well, that's not what I'm trying to say. Oh, oh me and my wife, you know, we'll be talking sometime. She'll say something, I go, and, and she'll tell you, I take you literally. So if you open your mouth, I'm taking what you said the way you said it. And I'm listening. Talk, ask her. I listen to everything you said. So then I said, no, no, baby, you didn't say that. You said this. No, no, that's, that's not what I meant. Well, that's what you said. <laughs> you know, in the early years, that caused arguments. You know, now I'll, now I'll say, okay, well, this is what I heard. She go, okay, that's not what I meant. Let me rephrase that. When we, the early years, you don't get a chance to rephrase because I'm, try, I'm trying to win. So if I'm trying to win, you know, like, I can't let you rephrase because I just won. <laughs> you know, you rephrase, I might be wrong. Right? But if we go through that, imagine, and sometimes she, she worded things wrong out of respect. There's a level of reverence and respect for me and how I flow. I've worded things wrong out of respect for her. I don't want to say this wrong because she's going to go in on me. Imagine how we all be when we come before God. Then you're going to talk to God. This God now. You know what I'm saying? So you're like, man, I better, I better get this right, you know, because I'm talking to God. And I got, I got a small window here. Sometimes we don't know what to say, but the Holy Spirit prays the, prays the perfect prayer. Now, what's included in that prayer? It's, it's the problems that need to be solved. Why? Because you, the Holy Spirit is here, so we keep our momentum going. We keep, keep flowing. Right? Because we get stifled in life by, they hurt me. They hurt me. Remember we did teaching on the victim? They hurt me. Help. They hurt me. Like, like we, we, we get stuck because we hurt. And then we play off of, yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, they're going to pay. They're going to pay. They're going to pay. Yeah, but who's paying? First of all, they don't even know they're paying because they ain't around you. But you have stopped your momentum. Your, your light affliction is but for a moment in time, but worketh for you a far more exceeding weight of glory, power. So instead of you using it and, and, and converting it into power, you're letting it weigh you down and stop your momentum. So you take the you you you, you take your uh, the circumstance and the pain and you pack it up and you just carry it everywhere you go, right over your heart. Just carry it everywhere you go. But it happened in the moment. Leave it there. It's a light affliction, but for a moment in time. Don't, turn to, don't take the moment and turn it into a lifetime. Right? So, so, so again, you have these things that, 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 that start to weigh on us. And, you know, just start to restrict our ability to flow. And the Holy Spirit said, I got you on this one. Because you don't even know how to communicate the problem. You can't even get it out. Because you're thinking about, I can't believe they, they, they played me. They betrayed me. They didn't think about me. They left me. How could they hurt me like this? 
Holy Spirit said, we can't, yeah, listen, listen, dude, yeah, you know, you, you watch, uh, remember the first time my son hurt his ankle. So when I, when I came out on the court, I'm whispering to him, I was like, son, you're going to be fine. It's going to hurt for a while, but then the pain is about to go away. Now I'm, I'm schooling him on it because I know how he felt. Because the first time I hurt my ankle, I felt like I was going to die. But I wasn't going to die. It's just I never experienced that pain before. It's like the first time I got poked inside my eye. I was like, okay, okay, this is it. I'm going blind. Probably never be able to see again. And it was painful. You see what I'm saying? So I was teaching him what? How to press past the pain. So the Holy Spirit goes, oh, it seems like it's insurmountable. It seems like it's over. He said, no, no, no. But the Holy Spirit is doing what I did with my son. Come on, man. We got to keep on going. Listen, I'm going to give you the, some, some solutions to keep your momentum going. So I'll talk to God for you. Share the problem. He'll, he'll give back intel to help you keep on moving, right? And he'll give you, because you know, like if, if you don't know what to do, you feel hopeless, right? When you're hopeless, you ain't moving. But if you get new information, you feel hopeful. If you're hopeful, you keep on going, right? Right? You rolling with me so far? And so, so that exchange is the Holy Spirit getting information. Now, now, let me see. Let me do one thing. Let's let's do. Let's leave Corinthians. We're gonna come back to Corinthians, but let's go to Romans eight. Hopefully, I'm not going too fast for what I'm supposed to share with you. So, Romans eight, verse twenty-six. All right, <laughs> just for effect. See, look, look. You're sitting there going, man. Why don't you get that tissue out, right? Well, that's what that's that, that's what God's saying. Why don't you get that that pain out? Why don't you get that fear out? Right? Why don't you get that envy out? Right? Why don't you get that darkness out? Right? Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You know, there's some weaknesses we have. It's kind of, it says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now it says we should, but we, we just don't. It says, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, that we can't get out. That's Bible, right? That's not Pastor Keith's opinion. That's what the Bible says, right? And look, verse 27. Look, and he, the spirit, and he that searches the hearts knoweth what the mind of the, what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to and harmony with the will of God. So he said he knows what God's will is. He knows what your purpose for. He knows what your problems are. And he's having that exchange to make sure your problems don't stop you from keeping momentum with God's will. See, because the scripture says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good, for the good of them that love God and are called according to in harmony with his purpose, not what you want to do, but what God wants to do. So the Holy Spirit is interceding, right? That when you're filled up and you're speaking in an unknown tongue, talking to God, Holy Spirit is speaking out communication, pouring stuff back in you. And then when it comes out of you, you're speaking out mysteries. The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6, 2 and Proverbs 18, 21. So God knows you, your, 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 your voice is powerful. You've been designed to, to frame, change, create, decree. 
and manifest things based on what you say. You can bind or loose things in your life based on what you communicate. Right? All right, so, so, so that's why the Bible says think on these things. You can have whatsoever you say based on what you believe in in your heart. Right? All right, so, so, so just, just, so that's Romans 8. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, which is so interesting. The uh, choir, this is one of the choir scriptures and that was uh, in harmony with one of the songs that they uh, taught here. Because I know this is probably not <laughs> walking around with tissue inside. All right, so First uh, Corinthians two, and we'll do verse nine. Didn't y'all read that earlier today? It says, uh, "Look, but it, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. So the natural man can't process it, right? The natural man don't even understand it, right? It says, I has not seen nor ear heard, because you know how you say." Ah, I just I can't see this. I don't understand it, right? Because it, it's it's hard for the natural man to understand, and it's hard for the eyes to even. Is this is this real? Come on, this is too good to be true, right? It says uh, so so. But as is written, I have not seen or ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. So God has something prepared. He has this purpose, this plan, and this will prepared. But it's kind of hard for us to wrap our minds. So sometimes we'll bail out before we've gotten there because it's like, man, no, that's not going to happen. And then why believe it's going to happen when I can settle for this right now? It's easier to get this right now in, this, in compromise than to keep on moving towards what God wants me to get in covenant. I remember years ago I was telling my son what he was purposed and called to do. And I've shared this before where my son was like, how do you know, Dad? How do you know? I mean, he was, he was upset. I wasn't telling him nothing negative either. But, but, but he was articulating what some of us on the inside articulate. Okay, if you're right, what it's going to cost me to get that means I can't keep doing what I'm doing now to settle for this. If you're wrong, I'm going to give up what I'm willing to settle for now in, this, in this, these moments of pleasure. At the expense of what? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. At least, at least, at least I'm having a little bit of fun. Why do I give it up? And we just had this conversation. My, I mean, my son just had this conversation. He's 40. The 41. He'll be 41. He'll be 41 in July. Um, so we just had this conversation. I said, remember that conversation? He said, Dad, I remember it. Yeah. I, I said, all makes sense now, don't it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I said, so now you realize God has so much more for you, you know, and he has so much more for all of us, but God can't get some of us to embrace the preparation for the purpose. So he sent us the Holy Spirit to keep nudging us and, and give us conviction when we get outside the lines, outside that narrow way, right? To, to, to give us uh, almost like a, 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 a distaste when we're not in God's will, you feel empty. Something's missing. To make, make sure you're thirsty and hungry if you're falling short of his will. And keep giving, he'll give you dreams and visions so you'll see beyond what you've been seeing. That the dreams and visions you'll see oh, might, even, might not seem real because they haven't existed. But at one time, flying planes didn't exist either. 
Imagine having a vision to fly in a plane. These guys running off of cliffs and stuff like that. And everybody else looking at them like, these idiots think they're going to fly like they birds. We flying all over the world now. At one time, a light bulb didn't exist. Thousand tries. But he saw something no one else saw. There's been stuff in you that you see no one else has seen. And sometimes we, I'm, I'm, just, let nobody know about this. No, nah, no, nah, what? What? I just, yeah, whatever you want to do, I just do this. But the whole time you got this cooking back here. Well, I don't want to put it out there because people going to ask me questions. Some people going to doubt me. They're not going to believe. God told you to build the ark. For what? For rain? It ain't never rain. What, what is rain? You, you, I mean, study it out. They had never rained. Can God get you to build the ark in your life? In your generation, can God get you to build the ark of purpose in your life? Even though what you're building it for, the need that you're building it for hasn't manifested yet. Would you still do it? Years is going to, it's going to take you years to build now and everybody's going to be laughing at you. You're a joke. People are going to walk by, watch you build it. <laughs> Idiot still trying out there building this 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 apartment complex saying it's gonna rain fool in this particular case he risked them calling him a fool but what did it cost what did it cost the people that called them a fool their lives some people might not believe you but it's gonna cost them their lives they're gonna bail out they're gonna run from the vision because it's taking too long and they're going to run to something that's more shiny. And it's going to cost them their life. All right. So, so, so just keep that in mind. Uh, so again, this Holy Spirit. Look, it says uh, the things that God's prepared for them to love them. Verse 10. It says, but God has revealed them. He's talking about these. Uh, the eye that have not seen is not in the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them to love them. But, right, God has revealed them the things that he's prepared for us by his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So when the Spirit is talking to God, he's going deep into God's archives to his plans for your life. So when the Holy Spirit starts to, 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 to fill you up and speak things out, communicate things out, he's speaking out the mysteries that was the deep things that God has planned for your life. And once you speak them out, like, Everything starts to hearken to the word. Things have to conform to the word. Why do people talk to plants? So they can continue to grow. Plants absorb sound. They absorb sound and they move based on the sound. Plants are alive. They're not dead. They absorb. All right, do this. Get a plant, play rock music. For a month. Well, I don't want you to do that because then you're going to go crazy. You're going to be... You can come here just as dark as you could be. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do this one. But it's happened. Somebody played all crazy rock, devil worshiping music. The plant died. Had worship going in the house. Plant's alive. It's absorbing sound. See, when God spoke things into existence, he spoke out sound and everything around him moved. He saw darkness, he said, let there be light. And, and, and light moved 
and showed up. Let there be a firmament. Let there be this. God spoke things into existence. This is Genesis uh, 1, 1 through 26. Then he said, hey, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then he, he spoke man into creation. But after his likeness, how is his likeness? He spoke creative words. The Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11, um, uh, 3. So God framed his world with his word. When God saw darkness, he didn't go, man, it's all dark up in here. I can't believe it's dark. Satan came down here, turned the place dark, made it void. Now, one time you hear God speak what he saw. He spoke what he desired. His response to what he saw was what he desired. Let there be light. Our response to the crazy should be life. Not amplifying the negative. Magnifying the problem. Just because you feel pain don't mean you got to speak. How about by his stripes I'm healed? All right? Okay. All right. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. You know, uh, so you got this exchange going on. You got God through the Holy Spirit is speaking mysteries revealed. Now, what is it? What does these mysteries reveal? Let's go to Jeremiah 1. It's a conversation. Another conversation I was having with my son in reference to his life. But in reference to all of our lives, but Jeremiah 1. Look at this. It says, uh, verse 4. It says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I had an intimate relationship, new intimate relationship with thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, set thee apart. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, this is before. Jeremiah was even in the womb. He had an intimate relationship. There was plans designated, a design, a purpose. There was a path set before he was in the womb. So Jeremiah didn't become a prophet when he became a prophet. He was a prophet when he, before he was even birthed in his earth. Right? That's why, you know, that's why sometimes you, you ever, you're in situations all of a sudden you start speaking stuff out and you're like, where'd that come from? And then you, you, you swallow it back up, you know, because you're like, nah, nah. people ain't going to really want to go for that. A lot of times your design starts to speak out without your permission because it's really who you are. Right. And so 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 when the Holy Spirit is going and having this conversation with God, when he comes back and he's and he's filling you up, he's filling you up with the intel from the intimate relationship you have with God before you were even entering this earth realm. And so, so me and my son was having a conversation and we were talking about hindsight. I said, son, you know, I said, if you look at your life, when, you, when you're outside of God, you get clouded. You're looking through a glass dark. You get clouded. And I said, so you start to complain. You start to trip. You get defensive. Can't nobody tell you nothing. And you start to get desperate because you're, now you're operating in fear. So you just, you, and then once you make the one mistake, then you fear, you make another one. And in fear, you make another one. And in fear, but, but, but you're always trying to do the things you can see. You're not even tapping into the unseen realm. You can't even see God, can't see what you purpose to do. You just sell them for what you can do, not what you were designed to do, right? You're settling for success and not fulfilled, right? And so I said, son, I said, as you're pressing to God, what happens? The trigger goes off. And in hindsight, you start to, all the information that was downloaded in you, you start to pull them. I said, the life you're living now, you're living out training. 
training before the foundations of the world, training that you got in our house that you might have even thought you picked up. My son does stuff that he's seen and don't even realize he's seen it. Like, he's in Ohio. He ain't here. He's a usher. He's working out. I couldn't get the dude to go work out. He's a college basketball player. Like, son, like, you want to come with your dad to, to work out? I did. Yeah, he working. He ain't even trying to play college basketball. He working out. But he's seeing some things. He's following a pattern. He's picking up hindsight. Why? Because now he's pressed into his presence. He's filled with the spirit. And the spirit is triggering intel, information for what he's purposed to do. Even though sometimes we try to run, that's the flesh. Because there ain't nobody in their right mind running from fulfillment. Only the flesh would be stupid enough to do that. The spirit is indeed willing. The flesh is weak, right? All right, so, so, so you got this downloaded information, right? And um, uh, the scripture says in Matthew 13, 11, it's given unto you to know the mysteries. You're supposed to, the, God, eh, like, it ain't supposed to be a mystery to you. It's given unto you to know, but if you don't have that, that, that the Holy Spirit, not just in dwelling, but in filling you and pouring out, speaking out the, 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 the answers or the solve the problems, it's gonna stay a mystery and you're gonna get frustrated and then when you're frustrated, what do you do? You get desperate and when you get desperate, what do you do? You settle for it. You make fear decisions, not fake decisions. It's decisions you believe you can control, but it limits what God has for you. So temporarily you feel good, but then after a while, it was a great decision. I'm using my wife. So I get a job, baby, baby, I just really think I need to work for this company. I need to leave this company and work for this company. Okay, babe, I'm going to just flow with you. So she gets job. Babe, babe, this is a wonderful atmosphere. I, I just love that. Two weeks later, man, these people are crazy. <laughs> babe, these people are crazy. And so the first time, I, I just wouldn't say nothing. I was just like, okay. So then, babe, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to move on to another atmosphere. She goes to another atmosphere. See, see, that's what I was saying, babe. This is a whole lot better. These people were tripping. They're tripping. I just love this atmosphere. Couple weeks later, baby, these people done lost their mind. They done lost their minds. What happens on the front end? It all seems good, but you, but if you if you're making a decision based on circumstances, the devil have you all over the place and temporary to be good for a while. But you have to be led of the Spirit. They done led of the Spirit of God. All the sons of God, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He'll show you exactly what you're supposed to do, exactly where you're supposed to go. You'll have a knowing, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. First John 2, 20 and 21. You have this, oh, like you know that you know that you know. Even though everything around you is saying, it ain't never rain while you're building an ark. You know that you, I, I used the ark. Uh, God told us to move to uh, Charlotte. We've never been to Charlotte in our life. We had $1,625 to start a church. We had relationships and university relationships, ministry relationships, basketball relationships, all types of relationships. We had a huge church. God said, go to Charlotte. Okay. People, people were afraid for us. With the exception of my sister, she was just like, oh, you ain't going nowhere. I just put that on there for you so when you see that. She's like, North Carolina, yeah, right. Not, not that she wasn't about believing, it was about my little brother ain't going nowhere. <laughs> That's what it was about. But God said, come to, come to Charlotte. And no matter how the circumstances look, God, matter of fact, we was driving because we got played. I'm not going to get into that. But when we was driving, God said, what I have for you, I have for you. So we're playing off of the knowing of what God said 
not what the circumstances are saying. Circumstances screaming. Turn around, go back. You can start with a couple of hundred people out there. Why would you go here and no one knows you? What have you lost your mind? You've invested all this time in these relationships and you're gonna leave familiar and go to unfamiliar? But I was playing off of the knowing. We were playing off of the knowing. That knowing, it'd be screaming. When the circumstances be screaming, knowing is louder. Trust me, do what I tell you to do, right? All right, so keep that in mind. Uh, I read Jeremiah, Matthew 13, 11. I gave you that. It's giving us to know the mysteries. So it's the thing about the Holy Spirit, because somebody was asking this the other day about the Holy Spirit and, and like the Old Testament, you know, because they were, they were filled with the power of Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit is all through the Bible. So, so in the Old Testament, it wasn't, how could I say, it wasn't in them. But people got impartations. You know, in 2 Samuel, it says, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. 2 Samuel 23, 2. Isaiah 59, it says, The words I've, uh, I've put in your mouth. So, so the Holy Spirit was imparting words in people's mouth all the time. Uh, uh, the scripture talks about David speaking in uh, Mark 12, 36. It says, uh, David was in the Spirit, inside the Spirit. But we're, we got it better than David. The spirit is inside us. See, remember, power available. Not waiting on the Holy Spirit to be imparted into us for that temporary situation. Then we got to hope he imparts into us. You know, you gotta, we got to give up uh, seven rams, 16 turtle doves. You know what I'm saying? And to take that to the priest, hope the priest is sanctified. And when he killed it on a brazen altar, then go to the brazen bases. Clench that stench off Then go before the holies of holies did, Okay did, did, did it take <laughs> No we gotta go through all No we ain't gotta go through all that We have the Holy Spirit within us We got access Right We have access To power You know Power available So it's a little different Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 19 Acts chapter 19 Love Acts chapter 19 I think I shared this before But So, you know, uh, you know, my wife was praying and how God wants to do stuff in our lives and, and he wants us to operate in that power. And, and, and God is just as frustrated as we are with some of the things that we're dealing with. Because sometimes we settle for just being religious or doing religious things or knowing scriptures. There's so many people know scriptures that ain't walking in no power is ridiculous. And I'm not saying that from an angle of like I'm, I'm better than them. I'm just saying because it's true. And it's not because they're not walking in power because they don't want power. Or, and, they're, and they're not trying to be evil. They don't know. Because they're in environments that only talk about the things that you can understand or control. They won't talk about the supernatural things. Because you got to put yourself on the line if you start talking about supernatural. When I had to cast vision, I cast a vision every year for our house since 1992. When I first started casting that vision, listen, trust me, I was going, how this going to go? Because I was used to this. Let's work on this vision over here. All right. Good. Stay here. Don't come out. Because they're going to start asking questions and criticizing. You know, Melanie, we're going to get about 15 questions. You know what I'm saying? So you just stay in here. I'll visit you later. You're in the private room. Don't say nothing. Don't be trying to blurt out nothing either. Now come, hey, babe. How you doing? 
Oh, you know, we'll just see how God works. We're just waiting on the Lord, babe. We're just waiting on the Lord. Just waiting on the Lord, babe. Just waiting on the Lord, you know. Because, you know, you know how God is. It's a mystery, babe. We don't know what God's doing. It's a mystery. You remember the old prophets was always saying, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, the, what is it? The, what's the line? Uh, mysterious ways of the Lord. What is it? God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Baby, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Otherwise, interpreted, it's just supposed to happen by osmosis. I ain't got to do nothing. I ain't got to believe for nothing. It's just osmosis. It's, it's you know, it's God stuff. We ain't supposed to know that. What? Don't ask no more questions. Right? No. I, when I start casting vision, the first, the first year, 1992, I said, man, my wife and my son gonna be like this idiot, Mr. Spiritual. I was already Mr. Spiritual in the house, so now I'm casting vision, and immediately uh, you can see their faces like, okay, whatever you say, <laughs> you know. But you know what? Maybe 30, 40 percent of that stuff manifested, but I still have some faith victories in there, right? So it's like, okay, well, I, I can at least give my uh, eye of attention. Then more stuff start manifesting because I'm casting vision. I'm seeing clear. I knew in part. But I was willing to share the part that I knew. I was willing to look back. I was willing to be a fool for God. Because even if a part manifests, that's more God in our life than we had at the time. But more and more, God start manifesting stuff in our lives as we got in agreement. Then our whole life now is just playing off of what's God's vision for our life? What's the vision? And stuff just be happening because we're playing off of the unseen, not just what we can see. The scripture says, blessed is a man that believes and has not seen. Don't look on the things that you see for they're temporal, subject to change. Look on the things that you can't see for their eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18, right? Walk by faith in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians 5.7, walk by faith and not by sight. I, I, I taught a message in uh, Wadesboro, uh, uh, faith, comeback player of the year. Like, like, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If we don't put our faith lenses on, how are we living a life and saying, I love God? Hey, my wife has certain things that please her. One, I got to be spontaneous. So I got to be ready. I got to be ever ready, you know, because we could be, I, I don't care if I leave here today. I don't preach two sermons. I've been up since, what, uh, Five or six, because I went to the gym before I before I came to service, right, right. By the time the service is over at the door, I'm gonna be on E, but I'm ready. I'm ever ready. Bang, let's go such and such. Hey, bang, let's go do this. Hey, let's go look at churches. You know, like what? So I we left church Wednesday. I was halfway home, and she was like, "Bang, you know, maybe we should go by the church. You know, like we used to do back in the day for our, and you know, just pray over the church." I said, so you want to go see the church, don't you? Now, we almost home. We turned around and went back to the church. So, 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 ever ready, right? So, so but that's what pleases her, right? So, 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 see, I know, happy wife, happy life. I ain't stupid, right? So, so, what I make happen for her, God makes happen for me. I, listen, trust me, I don't, we married 20, almost 26 years now. I don't figured it out, right? But the interesting thing about that, or, or if I'm going, if we go into the store, I don't run in the store like I used to. Hey, babe, wait right here. You want to go? You asking? 
See, I know it's an outing. I'm saying that to say I've learned what pleases my wife. she She knows what pleases me. She knows what my flow is. Right? Well, guess what? Do we know what pleases God? Are we giving God what pleases him? Because it says without faith it's impossible to please him. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8. 8, 8, I believe. Right? So, so, so if we're trying to please God, faith. We, we put faith off to the side like, hey, if something catastrophic comes up, you know, we'll, we'll pull that faith out of the closet. You know, we, we try to use. But it's hard to use the faith then because what? It's catastrophic. But the Bible says that just shall live by faith. Not faith moments, but a faith life. Romans 1 17, right? I, so, so I'm saying all this to say this Holy Spirit operates. Let's go to Acts 19. We're about to, to, to wind down here. Acts 19, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, talking to the Ephesians. He says, and finding certain disciples. Now, no, no, he didn't say people that had given them life to the Lord. People that just go to church. These are disciples. That's another level. They're not at the altar just saying, okay, I accept Jesus. Hopefully I'm going to heaven. No, they're actually disciples. They're, they're learning and growing how to operate in the kingdom life. Like we were talking about this morning in the uh, Master Life discipleship class, right? So he says, he came to certain disciples, right? He said unto them, these are disciples. They already believe and they're pressing in to live for God. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Right? And they said unto him, we have not much so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost, which is a lot of people in the body of Christ. And he said unto them, like, it's almost like a rhetorical question. Like back in the day, in the BC days, folk come up to me, you don't get high? He's asking the question similar. He said, he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Baptized, submerged them. And they said, unto John's baptism, water baptism, baptism of repentance. So verse four says, then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spoke in an unknown tongue to magnify God and they were prophesying. They were speaking with the gift of tongues at the same time. Right? These were already believers. But Paul was like, oh no, you, you, you ain't get the whole, everything? I mean, if you are a disciple, you need to have some power. You need to be filled up. You need to have access to getting answers to the mystery because as you try to uh, minister to people, which they was doing, you're going to have obstacles and hurdles, mishaps. Things are not going to go your way and it's going to look like you're blowing it because you were going in a certain direction. You invested everything there and it's going to look like it's over. It's done with. They done took you out. You done wasted time. He's saying, but the Holy Spirit will show you Clear up the mysteries and keep the momentum going. We'll let you know, like when Joseph was in prison, oh, you a slave? I can't stop you. From what, let me just give you the picture of what God showed. Then he went to prison. No, that can't stop you. No, God still got something planned. You, you're, you, you're going to be a prime minister over, over, over everyone. So just keep on rolling. 
Holy Spirit will keep revealing to you how it works out for your good. It seems insurmountable. It seems like you've blown it. It seems like you've missed an opportunity. But no, 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 the Holy Spirit will show you that he'll reroute you. You know how GPS reroutes you? It just, but the interesting thing about a, G, uh, uh, a reroute, it don't spend all this time talking about how you, how you made the wrong turn. Like you know, the GPS don't do that, do it? You make, oh man, Gerard, I told you to make a right, man. I told you exit 145. Does exit 146 look like 145? <laughs> man, it's simple instruction. In two miles, three, I counted down for you, Gerard. You missed the exit. Man, see, you know what? I don't even want to talk to you no more. It don't do that, do it? Hey, it'll talk to you as if you're still going in the right direction. When you get to 146, get off at the exit and bear right. When you get to Broad Street, make a left. Enter freeway 85 at the left. When you get on, and they're sending you exactly where you're supposed to go, even though you done made a wrong turn. If you're on a street, you know to turn you around without saying, man, turn the car around. <laughs> I mean, it don't even make no sense, man. Just turn it around, man. It don't even say that. When you get to the corner, make a right. At James Street, make another right. When you get to Brown Street, Make another right. It just turned you around by moving you forward. That's how the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is your GPS. It'll just keep moving you forward. You will get to your destination of fulfillment, which is the goal, if you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to show you things to come, keep you moving forward. The only time you won't get there is if you stop. Man, I don't miss the turn. Gerard, you is your exit 45. You miss the turn. You stop the car. Pull over. Ah, I missed the turn. You, you call your wife. Yeah, I missed the turn. Again. Yeah, just missed the turn. I can't believe I missed the turn. I missed the turn. You're sitting there for an hour talking about how you missed the turn. You're not accelerating. Rehearsing the missed turn. You're not going to get to your destination. Right? You got to keep, keep moving forward. Right? And that's what the Holy Spirit would do for our lives. And this is, so this right here is saying that they were baptized when he laid his hands on them and said they was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So basically, the baptism of repentance is you're bathed in the cleansing of sin. Uh, where's she at? Uh, Justina was baptized last night. Right? So what took place is the old person went down in that water and was buried, right? And the new person, the new man came up out of the water. So... No, no, what she was doing, she was cleansing that old man off. Like, like back in the Old Testament, that brazen, that, that brazen basin after the brazen altar was to cleanse off that death. So she done killed the old man and his deeds, and, but she had to be washed of that, that, that funk, right? We just call it that spiritual funk, right? Right, so, 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 so that's what that baptism does. It, it, so this says, that baptism, he says, okay, you got the baptisms of John, you, you cleanse off the sin. But he said, now I need you to be cleansed from the weakness. See, baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you power. He says, so now I want you to be cleansed of the weakness. So basically, you're bathed in power 
when you're bathed in the Holy Ghost. You're bathed in power. Remember uh, 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 John chapter 5, I believe it was verse 1 and 9, when God, uh, God was at the pool. An angel had came by and it said he stirred up the waters with power. So anybody that stepped into the pool was healed. So this man sitting there and Jesus comes by and goes, you're dealing with an infirmity and there's a pool right next to you where everybody's getting healed. Why are you just didn't get in the pool? I've been here with, with the victim. What nobody? What nobody? Put me in the pool. I, you know, I done made mistakes in life. I don't know if I deserve the pool. Well, I was on my way to a scholarship and I got injured. So I, I figured I didn't deserve any power. I'm just sitting here. I figured by osmosis, the pool would just jump out of the water and come on me. I didn't know it was something I had to do. So, so look, this is the difference. In his case, he had to get in the pool. Imagine having a pool inside you. In that case, he had to get in the pool, right? Imagine having a pool inside you. Rivers of living water, John chapter 3, 37 through 39. A well of water in you. John chapter 4 verse 14. Imagine having that, that pool in you. Where you could just draw on that power. See, see. When, when you're feeling depressed, you can draw on that power. When, you, when you're feeling infirmed, you can draw on that power. When you're feeling fearful, you can draw on that power. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. It says it builds you up in your most holy faith. Jude chapter 20. It says praying in the Holy Spirit builds you up in your in your most holy faith. You, you, you got the pool in you. But it's not supposed to just be sitting dormant. Just, you don't just have power available. You want it to fill you up. So, so, so somebody just bump, bump, spills over it. It just spills out. Yeah, you know, something's really full. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't give my wife nothing full. Nothing is going to spill. My wife is not getting nothing to spill. That's a that's a private conversation. We understand it. But 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 I'm just no 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 no. Make sure it ain't spilling. <laughs> right right. But 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 there's one thing that she has been given. That's that's always ready to spill. It's the Holy Ghost, man. She's filled up. Hey, you see her singing today? She's filled up. I be bumping into her all the time on purpose. <laughs> Just so I can get filled up, right? I just, 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 you know, if I could touch the hem of his garment, yeah, I'd be giving her extra hugs. I'd be up there like watching the game. I run downstairs just because, give her hugs and kisses, cause she filled, you know. So I get get all that that overflow. I'd be stealing anointing, you know. I, anointing thief. I'd be stealing some of y'all anointing. Y'all ain't gonna use it. I'm gonna use it. Basically, like, uh, me and my wife was talking about this emptying out. And, and so she made this comment, you know, it's something I used to always tell the players when I coached them. I was like, uh, actually, uh, one of the guys, he's a member of the church, uh, we used to play in the summer. Pro when I first met him, we was playing in the summer pro league, but I was playing against him. But I always was trying to uh, minister to him. And so one day I, I was watching him play, and I said, let me ask you something. You ever leave the court? 
and say, man, I could have did more. Oh, if I would have only done this. I was just curious. I wanted to say something else, but I asked, you know, I'd be asking questions, right? So I'm going somewhere. And he was like, how did you know? I said, because I'm watching you. You ain't empty and out. You ain't free. I said, you're leaving too much, too much of your game on the court. I said, you got to, 2 Corinthians 3, 3.17, you got to walk in liberty. With the spirit of the Lord, is there's liberty. You got to be free, man. You got to let go. This is an example of liberty. This is my wife singing. I'm not saying it. Trust me. I, I'm not just saying it because it's my wife. I'm saying, listen, unless you're blind, she was free. Right? God wants us to empty out. She said, she said that her goal, her goal, because she's trying to take it to another level. She says, honey, you always talk about empty out. I just want to empty out. So I, she was at a dance rehearsal. So she, she, she came here this morning and started playing the piano. So she's working on playing the piano, right? Trying to self-teach her to play the piano. But she at least came and just started to get in the rhythm of playing, you know, because um, it's something she want to play. So she don't play like you, but she's working on it, right? <laughs> right? Right? So, so, so she's playing the piano, right? She, she's uh, uh, dancing. Uh, you know, just a little while ago, we was in the studio. She's on, in the studio, right? Right. She said, baby, I know it may look like I'm all over the place, but I'm just trying to empty out. Are you emptying out? Or oh, is it compartmentalized? I'm doing this one special thing. <laughs> but the Bible says, now unto him was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask to think according to the power that worketh in you. Exceedingly abundantly above would be little more than just this one little special thing. I'm top supervisor on my job. Ain't nobody supervisor like me. Family may be struggling, but I'm special at my job. And the family needs to understand that to stay special, I have to neglect them. Because I can't do family and be the top guy on the job. Oh, something's wrong with that. That ain't overflow. God can make you the top person on your job and the top person in the house and the top person in the church and the top person at the gym. Top person in sales. Top person just walking down the street in the mall. I don't know who you are, but I see you and there's something on you and I need it. You think I'm playing? God will do that. I see you out yesterday. Somebody, uh, these people took her to a church. Are you, you looking for a church? Hey, follow us. <laughs> I, I just feel like I need to do something. Uh, uh, Sister Debbie, praying, praying, praying for a house. Just praying for a house because the people that she's living with, she's renting a house. They, they was, you know, well, we're going to sell a house. You know, so you're going to have to move. So we praying, we praying. Guess what? They, they, uh, they came to her and said, uh, uh, my, my, my daughter said, we just can't do it. We just can't do it. You can stay. <laughs> See, power. God's trying to do, he's trying to work power. He's trying, man, God, man, God to do some things you wouldn't believe. If he's just, look, look, uh, you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. The message says, if you only let me help you, 
I'll make you rich in every aspect of your life, not just money. Every aspect of your life. So he's trying to pour that power, right? Um, all right, so we're going we're supposed to end. I told y'all we was in this. All right, so this is the thing. God wants to put all his power in us. And this is the thing. But we got to empty out all this other crazy stuff. We got to let go. So a lot of times you go through the, uh, what's the song? Uh, Depressing the beating. Uh, what song is that? What song is that? Greater. Greater is coming, right? Uh, and so you talk about depressing the beating. You talk about the olive, right? It's, you go depressing the beating. You go through all that, but it's trying to get, some, trying to get the oil out, right? Well, that represents the anointing. So, 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 look, the scripture says in Hebrews 12, it talks about the chastening of the Lord. Right? It says, it says those he chastens, he loves. But it says he chastens you, right? So, so to, to convert you into holy. So you can enter into his rest. So he wants you to have, be ready for his power. So he's beaten out what's restricting the power. The scripture says, "Seven corner, we fall to the ground and got die. Can't bring forth fruit." So, so again, it has to be broke. That that seed is, is pressed, it's broken, and it releases what's in it. So we we go through brokenness or not, we think it's a punishment. No, it's trying to break your will to release that spirit man in you, that power in you. That's why you. That's why we're going through stuff. But we trying to get around it. Whoa, whoa, almost broke me. Almost broke me, man. I, I got away from that one. Whoa, 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 almost broke me. Almost broke me. I'm still standing. I done saved face. Yeah, yeah. All you're doing is running from, you're protecting your will and your natural man and you're, you're to keep your spirit man suppressed. You're just running from what it takes to release the power in you. The Bible says, beat a child and they shall not die. Proverbs 13. Beat the child. I know, I know this is going to be tough with Tatum. He's so cute. But, but I'm going to tell you how, but I'm going to tell you how I learned it. You know, because I my, my, my daughter-in-law called me one time. She says, okay, so this this whole, uh, if a child, if my, if my kids are messing up, do I spank them? I said, well, the Bible says beat the child and it shall not die. I knew what the effect was going to be, but I just wanted to say it. Right. She says, I said, so I use child CPR because she researched how to care for her children before she got them. Child CPR, stuff like that. Well, when I took child CPR, they, they had the baby. It was, it was a fake baby. And you, you know, something's lodged in the throat, you had the thrust. So I was going like this. And, and then the instructor was like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm thrusting. She says, no, you got a thrust. I said, no, but I don't want to break the baby. She says, do you want the baby to die? You got a thrust to, re, to, to, to dislodge what could kill him. So would you spank your child if you knew that if you didn't, they die? <laughs> So look, look, look. So God's ch chastening is so you don't die. He's trying to release what's in you. He's trying to get the power out, man. He's trying to get the power out. Some of y'all need to, to get some retroactive spankings. <laughs> All right, so, so, so just take the time out, you guys, to, to open yourself up, to take it's time to go to another level, okay? It's time to go to another level. You hear people, churches talk about revival all the time. It's not an individual thing. It's actually corporate, but it starts with individuals. And, and it's everybody yielding to the things of God. And, and I just want to challenge us to yield to the things of God. Scripture says you can't put new wine in old wineskins. 
right? There's new wine, the Holy Spirit. You can't put, and then the reason why is because the if you put new wine or old wineskins back in the day, the, 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 the old wineskins would burst because they had already expanded as far as they could go. So God's trying to, he's trying to pour out a spirit on you, but you got you to gotta cleanse out that old stuff. You got to let go of some things, all right? Because he wants to endow you with power so you can live the fulfilling life that he had planned for you. God wants you to be fulfilled more than you do. I, so that's why we spend time talking about the Holy Spirit and cleared up all the mysteries because people have been so confused about it. But it's power. Like, why would you look at power as an option? <laughs> right? When that's what you're fighting for. You don't want to be afraid no more, do you? There's certain, like, like, stop all that shy stuff. That's not God. That's pride. Right? But when you have power, you don't even thinking about what people are going to think. You just do stuff. I'm up here talking to you. Listen, I wasn't talking to nobody. I wasn't going to talk to nobody in front of nobody in high school, in college. Even when I first started going to church and I had to do announcements for my basketball program, I was like, man, I'd go up there and talk. I'd be praying all day. And then they kept changing it. They would just keep moving me down, you know, because, you know, the spirit would be flowing. They would tell me, like, man, I was ready. Now they're going to move it down later on and I still got to speak. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. The same guy. The only difference now is the Holy Spirit. Not, I ain't no sweeter and I have no more confidence. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, look, look, it's floating. So I may, I may haven't learned how to swim and learn how to float on water, but I float on the float in the Spirit. And that's what God wants us to do. Stand on your feet. That's enough.